were all worried when we heard news about Phobos and the Taken invasion. Just another baddie to shoot, if you ask me. Patrols are a bit more dangerous now that the big guys show up. Best part about all this is the Dreadnought. Oh man, the loot you find there. There's even a place where we can openly challenge the Hive. We currently have a running betting pool where the pot goes to the city. So far, we've raised 1.2 million glimmer for the kids that need help. Not too bad if you ask me. Now if I could only figure out how to get rid of the dang runes. Hello, and welcome to the Hangar Lounge. My name is Eric, Hunter A. Hey, I'm Kelly. Welcome back. I'm the single warlock. And I'm Maria, Hunter B. I wanted to thank everyone who listened to our first episode in our trailer. We all really appreciate it. I know that Eric and Maria and I were all really excited to get this together, and it's intimidating and stressful, but we're all here, and we're making a podcast. You know, if you like it, feel free to share it, and feel free to tell other people about it, and we also really value your opinion, too, so if there's anything that you think can improve your listening experience of the Hangar Lounge, let us know. Kelly and Eric, y'all did something super fun last weekend, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we synchronized that. Yeah. We uh, went to Guardian Con and we met a whole bunch of really cool people. And we got our badges signed by Cosmo and Deej and Patty. And Patty. And Patty. <laughs> Thank you, Patty, for everything. We really, really appreciate it. And it was a pleasure to meet you, specifically. Those other two guys, they were cool, but Patty is the real winner. <laughs> real cool guy. You know, thanks to everyone who listened to us talk about our, our little humble podcast that we're starting. And it was really amazing to be surrounded by people who not only loved destiny but cared a lot about charity and in the real world when we're not all lumped together in a conference room it's hard to come across fans of destiny so at least in my life i don't know about you guys but usually it's a risk to tell someone that you like destiny yeah it's always like yeah i love destiny it's my favorite and then they look at you like "Ooh, you play that it's a dead game it's dead yeah no one plays that anymore that was a really good running joke for the conference, by the way. <laughs> really? The fact that I heard multiple content creators oh. be like, yeah, this is a dead game, though, so thanks for showing up. Oh my I know God. A lot, not a lot of people play yeah. it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm exactly as bitter as everyone here. Like, it has to be true of everyone saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once again, thanks to everyone that Eric and I met and spoke to and hung out with and shared a passion that we have with a bunch of other passionate people. And it's really amazing that Guardian Con was able to raise so much money for St. Jude's as well. How much? I believe it made it to $1.3 million. Yeah. yeah. That dead game managed to raise $1.3 million for sick kids. So mm-hmm. that's really awesome to be a part of. And yeah. I know... We definitely want to go back next year. Jessica, I'll see you there. <laughs> Steve. 
<laughs> Steve, I can't wait. I just can't wait to see you there, Steve. It's gonna be so much fun. Alan? Alan, you're awesome. We'll see ya. You know, I bet Alan's really excited about the Destiny 2 beta. Oh, yeah. You know who else is really excited about the Destiny 2 beta? Who would that be, Maria? Me? I'm excited. (laughs) I'm super (laughs) duper excited. If you didn't pre-order it, I'm sorry you didn't. You should go pre-order Destiny 2 right now. Just so you can download the beta and then open up the launch, like launch it, and just see the beautiful logo, Destiny 2 on your screen. You know my favorite part about Destiny 2 is so far? What? Is it the loading screens? Uh, The loading screens are amazing, (laughs) and at least for me, my loading screens would only show the warlock symbol, and then it would go straight to the base game. Can I just tell you how frustrating i have not seen the hunter symbol because it loads too fast so i've seen the warlock and the titan symbol but i haven't seen i haven't even gotten to the titan one i've gotten to the titan one and then like it starts changing i like every time my heart skips a beat and i'm like (gasps) and then it cuts out so technically by the time this episode comes out we'll already be playing the beta so the beta was amazing. Bungie <laughs> lied to us. They were like, did we mean only three levels? We meant to release the whole game for a week, and then yeah. we shut it down. So... Oh, man. That was super risky. I love that thing that, that you did with Gaul. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. when he, when he showed you, yeah. And then when you found that one weapon, and like we all freaked out, right? Yeah, the B-horn. It was actually in there. Yeah. We should explain the bee horn if we're going to talk about it. Um, the bee horn is a weapon that our clan custom made. Just think of the Galahorn and all of its beauty, but it actually just shoots bees at yeah. enemies. You know, I bet you the fallen all allergic to bees. Ooh. That sucks. Ooh, that unfortunate. That'd be all bad. allergic. Oryx? His true weakness is is bee stings. His bees. Bees. That's why it took us so long to kill him. Mm-hmm. Because... We didn't have it. I mean, spoilers, but we'll talk about it this episode. <laughs> Beta does come out on Tuesday the 18th. This episode comes out on the 19th, unfortunately. Um, so we won't get to actually talk about any of the beta stuff this episode. Yeah. Don't even try to talk to us on social media. On yeah, that like, God. I'm, We're not gonna yeah. answer. It's gonna be really hard because I usually try to balance our Twitter account at Hangar Lounge pretty well, like, update stuff, but I just know beta week, it's just gonna be dead silence and maybe, like, one or two tweets, like, OMG, this was great! That's it. <laughs> yeah. No context. We gotta get some pictures. Yeah, we should. Definitely some recordings and all that that'd be cool we will have a bonus beta episode coming out on monday the 24th where all we talk about is our experience with the destiny 2 beta man that's what we should have called our trailer we should have called it a beta sode beta sode dang Missed opportunity, but we will use it for Monday's episode. We'll call it that, though. The Monday's episode, we call it the beta-sode. TM. Yeah, 
TM TM beta sewed. Copyright me. I came up with. Oh, I came up with it. okay. Destiny to aside, we're gonna go back in time again to <gasps> officially year two of Destiny, aka Destiny, the Taken King. May I say that is a great year. Yeah. Widely accepted to be the the peak of Destiny, and I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed the taken king everyone also used this as a jumping on point i feel like every expansion that comes out they're like okay now's the time to jump on it but this was the first time it was like if people abandoned destiny after that vanilla they redid so much yeah i definitely love the taken king very much Mm -hmm. maria i know you have um some issues with the hive and this was like nothing but the hive (laughs) (laughs) but i do think that despite this hive expansion the second hive expansion might i mention I mean, we can't deny that the Taken King really changed a lot for Destiny. Yeah. And made it into something that a lot more people were interested in playing. Mm -hmm. No, no hate towards the Dark Below and the House of Wolves because I thought those expansions were great. The Dark Below introduced my favorite character, Eris Morn. Yeah. Comes back in full force during the Taken King. Yeah, she's a major player (laughs) in Taken King. Yeah, she's the coolest character in all of Destiny. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but hey, see ya. I mean, I'm a big fan of Pet Revenge, so... This is the Eris Morn Appreciation <laughs> Hour. Let's just, here's a list from A to Z on why Eris Morn deserves all the love. Number one. No. Well, <laughs> I think we can actually talk a little bit about the Taken King while talking about how much Eris Morn deserves from the fan base and from her fellow Vanguard members. Well, let's get into that. Let's, let's go into what happens over the course of the Taken King so that maybe we can shed some more light on this dire issue. And then we can come back to it. Yeah. Maria, I really want you to talk about the first cutscene. Oh, can I just say, though, (laughs) this is the first real cutscene? I mean, I know a lot of people don't like these type of cutscenes because it kind of takes you out of the game because the graphics are very different. They're very, like, Final Fantasy-esque cutscenes where it's cinematic. It starts out with... Your ghost, I think, it starts out with your ghost talking about how long it took for them to find you as the guardian. And it was very sweet and it was very touching. And this is the first time we hear the ghost voiced as Nolan North. And boy howdy, it's night and day difference between Peter Dinklage and Nolan North. Your ghost becomes very lovable very instantly through this beginning cutscene. And then... It changes from the ghost to Eris Morn and props to the voice actress of Eris Morn because you hear her as a very young, very hopeful guardian and then there's a shift. Like you hear her voice shift. It just introduces Oryx and, and this giant space battle between the forces of the Reef, Marasov and Prince Aldrin are in a giant space battle with this giant hive. I don't it's bigger than a battleship. It's like a hive continent just floating in space, the dreadnought. And they have a giant battle and the Marasov does this really cool awoken space magic that they apparently have 
we've never seen that before. First time we saw it, we were like, oh my god, that's awesome. And then Oryx is like, huh, that's cute. And then he just wipes out most of the Reef Forces. And he puts a huge hole in the Ring of Saturn. That too. He does that too. Not great. Marasov did knock out, like, I'm not saying, like, she did nothing with the Reef Forces. They managed to knock out the engines or stall the Dreadnought from moving any further. So that helped us out a whole lot. It's important to note as well, something we hear in the space battle. Uh, We have a narration from Marasov, and she specifically mentions something that unless you've read the grimoire, you might not know. The fact that Marasov and Erismore know each other. And this plan of fighting against Oryx seemed to be predetermined. Marasov talks about how she's done her part and now it's up to her hidden friend to do the rest. I know a lot of people use this to question the loyalty of Eris Morn to the Vanguard, but honestly, I think she just does what is right without the Vanguard's approval. Yeah. And so she mm-hmm. takes many sides. Just like some other characters. Cade. Good foils of each other. Yeah. Yeah. After the space battle is when we actually first get to play Destiny, the Taken King. We end up going on a mission. Distress signal by the Cabal pulls us to Phobos to get to see what's going on there. We worry that it's the start of a full-scale assault by the Cabal, but we quickly realize that it's an evacuation. Explosions are wreaking havoc throughout this base, and we start seeing these strange puddles of... I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It's like shimmering space goop space goop like, yeah like like incandescent mm-hmm. or like it's like black and white it's 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 strange it's hard to describe it as anything other than like star goop yeah. you know like it has like the yeah. sparkles inside of it we start seeing some really strange stuff and we should focus on this first mission a lot because it introduces a lot of things and it also sets the tone for the rest of the whole uh, expansion yeah for one we have the introduction of some new mechanics we've been able we start being able to scan items out in the wilds mm-hmm. and we get some lore about them so we learn more about the cabal that we find here and we learn more about this world that goes on but we also start to see some like i guess like like the the dark below was spooky but this was like scary like i i can't yeah. even like deny that it wasn't scary there was shimmering lights and like screams from the cabal as they're being pulled across dimensions it was very unsettling yeah exactly it sets especially when eris morin joins on the the radar as well she begins saying these things that seem nonsensical but they're important yeah you know like the the fingerprints on the surface of my mind and all everyone loves that line fingertips on the surface of my mind and then you're just like are you okay harris are we supposed to be here right now can we not i mean zavala's so sassy too (laughs) yeah like zavala's just like thank you for your input but uh we we progress through this thing we we watch a cabal get trapped in an elevator and it's awful and I feel oh so yeah because he almost so makes bad. it the cabal <laughs> almost makes it out it. of the elevator oh. and then it falls and you're like oh okay every time we do that mission so we we progress further into the mission and it starts opening up uh eris 
gives us a very spooky quote saying that he is here, but she's always playing that pronoun game. You know, you can't say who it is, but you get to see pretty quickly as a large spectral vision of Oryx comes out in front of you and he starts summoning in the Taken. And this is the first time you get to meet the Taken. And aren't they fun since they also throw some scions at you in that one. I'm obsessed (laughs) with the Taken a little bit. (laughs) A little bit? Everything about them, the incredible animations that they have that are just so unsettling, you know? Mm -hmm. We can talk about how a lot of the community was upset because they felt like it was recycled. Right. You know, we were fighting reskinned enemies, but the Taken just have such an unsettling presence, the way they kind of morph into view. And then they just have this incredibly creepy twitch. Oh, so good. It's so good. I like equivalenting like the hive or like zombies, but the, the Taken are like ghouls or they're like spirits. They're ghosts. Yeah. Because they're, they're just like, they're just off they're just like twisted and they look like they're pained mm. and suffering and there's like moments where they're like free will in there and then it snaps back at it it's awesome i love the taken as well i think they're super cool hate fighting them though because they are so hard especially since they throw a bunch of scions at you who are the worst because yeah, they... they keep multiplying <laughs> Those little babies just keep on splitting. One time I was playing a strike and the Taken just started multiplying and I just saw it happen and it was so rapid and I was like, oh, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. It was too much at the same. take them out. Yeah, I was like, stop, 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 stop multiplying, stop multiplying. You got to take out those scions first because if you ignore them. Then suddenly you turn around and there's just an yeah. ocean of scions. Oh, God. Which is, like, such a cool thing, too, because originally the scions weren't a big deal. Like, they could be a pain because of that weird scion blast they could do, but you didn't really care. All the big guys were your big issue. Now, you got some nasties that you need to take care of as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. But you, you fight through all of that, and then one of my favorite moments in this mission and in a future mission <laughs> is that you open the door and you find a good friendly shield bro who is oh. just ready to blast you back because that's when they let you know that's a thing now and that these shield guys are going to be way worse. Flanks yeah. is... Oh, just this, the first mission so good. The first <laughs> mission when we go to Phobos is definitely in my top 10 missions. Yeah. Um, Overall, in Destiny, it just has phenomenal pacing. And the way you meet Oryx and the way you face these taken threats and the way Bungie takes care to kind of introduce each taken threat Mm -hmm. and display these new abilities that they've acquired, I think is really, really interesting. Also, kudos to whoever was the voice actor for Oryx. I don't know if we ever found out. He prefers to remain anonymous. Yeah, Yeah. I think no one knows. He was unlisted online and I guess the credits or something. But the first time you see it and it's just like a big, booming, scary, scary voice. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's he really did good. A fantastic job. He did amazing. Uh, really intimidating, really powerful mm-hmm. while still not seeming invincible. It, it, they don't seem 
godlike. They seem like they're still kind of an entity, but at the same time, they speak with this superiority yeah. over people. Uh, and it's just so good. We progress further in the mission. We start seeing the true devastation of the Taken. Before, we saw explosions and things happening. Now we see these beams coming in from the sky and slamming into the ground. We see ships hurling into pillars and start knocking things over. It was like a truly cinematic moment. I, oh, it's such a good moment. It was good. You have to like basically get out of there because things are happening. You pretty much, I think in like heroic modes they actually put a timer on yeah you, they do but it, it they definitely put the pressure on you to get out of there as soon as possible i think it's one of the first missions too where we are asked to run yes. instead of fight oh, which good. just shows that level of power yeah that this god-like force has zavala's like don't do it. Just go. The first time I played it, I didn't know whether the base was going to blow up on me or not. So it was like, Guardian, get out of there. And you're like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. Go, go, go. <laughs> Which was a bummer for me because I was like, but I want to explore a little bit, especially since now my ghost can scan things. So like, can we pause? And there, there is a lot chill. of scannables in there, too. So yeah. Like, so running many. around, like, oh my god, oh my god, I gotta go, but there's a scannable. Let so me you're, just, like, oh running with your ghost summoned. You're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> can, can you scan? Can this you thing's scan? scannable. This thing's scannable. <laughs> it's uh, goofy. God, that first mission is so good. Mm-hmm. And you basically run through some cabal. You get to see more of them in different experiences. Um, and you make it to your ship, and you get out of there and you see the results in a cinematic with Oryx standing over a legion of taken scions and other cabal and it's just intimidating so good they they set him up on a pedestal and he remained there all the way until the end one of my favorite antagonists in this game Mm -hmm. probably because they also fleshed him out so Mm -hmm. well Skolas was good but oryx was just fantastic phenomenal can i talk real quick about the taken grimoire cards i love the taken i mean i've established that already but (laughs) one of my favorite things about the taken is the grimoire behind them each grimoire card for every taken is this incredible just little snippet they're not long and I would definitely recommend looking them up on Ishtar Collective. But it's kind of like this conversation between Oryx, the Taken King, and this entity as they're sucked up. And it makes it feel like it's almost consensual. But clearly, you know, these creatures are being manipulated. But basically, in every card, Oryx will point out their weakness. He will offer them a knife to cut out what makes them weak. And that knife is the pact. The thing that changes them and makes them into a Taken and makes them stronger. I just absolutely love these cards because they have this incredible, eerie, manipulative energy about them. I think that's the end of the first mission. We we fly out of there. We bring our information back to the Vanguard. And we also get to see... Or it's lording over his new legions. This is the cutscene where Ares shows up, interrupts the Vanguard meeting. They're talking about Phobos and like, what just happened? And then Eric's 
flings her tomb husk slash rock onto the table. Cade banters with her and she explains who Oryx is and what the Taken are. And because we have a new threat, it only makes sense that we kind of go through a slight training montage. We gotta, we gotta ourselves get stronger <laughs> to fight this new threat. And thus, oh, yeah. new subclasses were unlocked. New subclasses. Some of the best subclasses. Some of the best subclasses. At least one of them. I love the Night Stalker. <laughs> My favorite subclass. We got three subclasses for each class. The Titan got the the Titans got Sunbreaker, which are what we call them. We call them the Hammer Bros because it is literally them summoning a flaming hammer of death. And can I give a shout out to the Destiny Sound Team? Oh. Destiny Sound Team, Sound Department, Sound Guys have always done a fantastic <laughs> job but for them to instill fear upon everyone in the crucible whenever you hear the anvil strike you're just like you hear ting and then you're just like where where are they where we are gotta they? go and then everyone <laughs> yeah we gotta run. go and then everyone's like first thought is is that our hammer or their hammer is that a good hammer or a bad hammer bad hammer run Check that kill feed see the first little sign the hammers on the enemy team yeah get going yeah it was so <laughs> great titans got the sunbreaker hunters got the night stalker which well we call them night stalkers but we call their super snarrows because they're snaring arrows ha 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 bungee hire us that's a clan that's patented (laughs) clan material apparently i thought it was super common but it isn't what is it even actually called? It's called a... Shadow oh, Shot? Shadow Shot, yeah. Shadow Shot. But we were like, that's too cool of a name. It's the Snarrow. And then the <laughs> Warlocks got Stormcallers, aka you get to fully embody a Sith Lord, because you get to shoot lightning out of your hands Emperor and Palpatine. just wreak havoc on everyone. <laughs> it's It's great. For the majority yeah. of my Stormcaller experience, I basically had my character look like a Sith Lord, too. Yeah. And what I liked about these new subclasses was that at the beginning of each subclass mission, you got to hear a little opening about that new subclass. So um, I don't know the exact quotes. I remember the Night Stalker one the most because that's the class Rise. that I play. You know, it was Cade telling you what makes a hunter a hunter and then he's saying sometimes some hunters don't come back they're out in the wilds and these are the night stalkers and each subclass is narrated by their vanguard so the sunbreakers got zavala night stalkers got Cade, stormcallers got ikora but it was just great because it was beautiful cinematic and then and then you got to play these missions to gain the subclasses which BT dubs, Bungie, if you're going to do a new subclass mission again, can I please replay it? Because you only got to play these missions once and then they were gone. And it was a bummer because they were so cool. It was like the one time you got, I understand some people could probably exploit it and all that, but it was the one time you got to feel truly powerful with your subclass and just wreak havoc and truly 
have fun with that subclass. And then it was like, okay, 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 time to get serious and upgrade your subclass. (laughs) The Stormcaller mission was so cool. I will say the Night Stalker mission is my favorite, and I think it embodies a hunter really well, because you just kind of, like, take the energy off of a dead hunter. You, like, honor. You honor the dead hunter. That's a way to say it. Look at that corpse. Let me pull that void energy right off it. (laughs) I mean, you really do just, like, take it. Oh, God. I love it. I like all of them. They're all super interesting i feel like with night stalker and Stormcaller, you got to no with night stalker and sunbreaker you got to learn a little bit more lore about that subclass so with the night stalkers you learned okay there are there are hunters who go out and they don't come back and they get twisted by the void they get affected by the void and then they can wield it with sunbreakers you learn that there's a mercenary group what are they called i don't remember what they're called honestly i just remember that they weren't really on great terms with zavala um and they occupied mercury that's where you learn how to become a sunbreaker is that you contact this mercenary group and you learn a little bit through them but then storm collars it was all very shrouded in mystery kelly you played it so like i played it once but i don't remember it unfortunately but you played it. With the Stormcaller, you first fight this Vex entity that just has all of this energy. And then you go to that one Crucible map in Mars. It's a it's a Crucible map on Mars, which, by the way, all of them involved you going to Crucible maps, which was really cool for Bungie to do. Because everyone thinks, oh, it's a Crucible map, so it's only ever going to be Crucible. But in Taken King, they were like... Guess what, guys? These maps that you fight other guardians on, they can be part of the story, too. You go there during a storm and you kind of channel the electrical energy and it literally you meditate. Yeah. You meditate with the storm and be then you become the storm. Yeah. And hey. it's the coolest thing ever. Each one of them ends with basically never, almost never ending montage of you just destroying things because he's like immediately empowers you with more energy and you're just like i am so strong you're snarrowing everybody you're you're hammer brother everybody you're just like permanently in your crazy palpatine form levitating and destroying i believe it's vex and all of them actually i think all of them incorporate vex which is an interesting fan theory about how the vex are empowering you because they need your help later on which i kind of agree with since they're mysterious timey nonsense and time travel you know (laughs) something else happens later on that we might talk about um in the taken king yeah shout out to the fact that warlocks something i really like about the stormcaller the warlock melee for stormcaller is the only melee that's different for warlocks typically the melee is the Mm. open palm Right. But the Stormcaller actually, I guess the energy of the melee is so intense. They actually lash out with two hands and kind of channel the electricity through it. That's cool. Um, I never noticed that. So that's my fun animation appreciation of the day. 
Actually, I've talked a lot about animation this episode. Yeah, no, Sorry. That's fine. In addition to some new subclasses, we also get a few new systems in place that we actually get to fully experience after this first mission that goes through. Aside from the, the scanning items, you also get the new system of infusion, which is how the power system works now, where you can infuse higher light weapons and gear into lower light weapons so you can carry things upwards which was a really great system because it let you keep your gear uh for longer things that meant more to you you can have them longer guns that you enjoyed you got to persist onwards uh i think it helped diversify the way guardians looked too because people would carry their favorite armor through the game so when you entered the tower, it wasn't just a bunch of people with raid armor. Yeah. I think they kind of started solving that with etheric light from the House of Wolves. But this is when it really hit hard and it was fantastic. I love the infusion system. Could be better, but loved it. In addition to that, we also have the introduction of Arms Day with the gunsmith, Banshee44. It's a system where you can order weapons with Glimmer, which doesn't really happen very often past the beginning. You don't really have very many uses for Glimmer, honestly. You could buy these packages, and then the next Wednesday, uh, you could turn in these packages for guns. And you could even hold on to the package if you didn't like anything that was there. And this is how a lot of people started getting into... like This, this made it a lot easier for people to get good rolls on weapons because mm-hmm. you could just hold out and be like i'm gonna wait until this scout rifle has full auto and max stability like a certain weapon that it's the has. best freaking scout <laughs> rifle i don't care if Dado busts down my door and proves <laughs> me wrong it is my favorite scout <laughs> rifle the Suros dis 43 full auto Almost full stability, and it has a magazine of 17. Yeah. Uh, they made it super easy, though, to get these, like, great weapons. And it also, you got to know some of the weapon foundries more. Yeah. You got to know Suros and Omelon and Hake. Hake? Hake. I, I say Hake. Yeah. They have, like, different designs to hide behind them and different weapon types. And my only problem with the system is that Suros, or actually most of the weapons, but particularly Suros, because you saw Suros 43, all of their things are named that way. It's a little bit Yeah, it's tricky with the naming. With a little research, you'll find out what you're looking yeah. for. And it was yeah. great. Fantastic. Love that system. And I'm glad that it stayed throughout, even to Rise of Iron, because I recently got a very similar scout rifle. And it's great. And finally, I'm sure there's more things, but these are like the big ones. We got the introduction of the quest system. So before, things worked on bounties. But now, we got bounties and quests, which are series of events that you can go through. I believe they also redid the old story missions yeah. in these quest systems. They added, they uh, added more flavor text to the quests so they they told you a little bit more and it it made it easier to maintain like where you gotta go next what do you gotta do next before it was like a linear story but with this new quest system i believe they also reordered the past expansions because this time you actually needed the expansions i believe to play the taken king i don't think it ever came included anyway otherwise so they had this opportunity to completely readjust how you are introduced to these worlds. So I think Crota comes in when you hit the moon for the first time, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Crota technically came in after you finished Mars in most cases. And it was 
really cool system. I am glad that they implemented it and they kind of kept it and improved upon it as things went on. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that quest system, we start getting quests when we come back from the first mission. I think we actually get it before then, but... When we come back from the first mission, we start getting pointed to where to go next. And I believe we're pointed to a colony ship to get some stealth gear <laughs> for a ship so that we can potentially sneak in. And by the way, this is all under the Vanguard's nose by Cade. Cade is the one who's supervising this but yeah. doesn't tell anybody about this. So Cade and Eris become your main... Story NPCs? Guides? Guides. There we go. Your main guides. They become your main guides throughout the Taken King. So, whoever likes Nathan Fillion, you got to hear a whole lot of Nathan Fillion. <laughs> we, we talked about how serious the Taken King is, how things get really intense yeah. and really actually uh, unsettling. And it's good to have a character that kind of breaks through that. Yeah. I just wish that it, he wasn't the only one that did that. You know, I wish that there was more characters that could add a little... Levity. You know, levy a little more... Yeah, they could add a little more lightheartedness mm-hmm. to the situation. Aside from the ghost, because your ghost is really great in this, by the way. Nolan North brought, like, this level of nerdiness to the ghost that wasn't there before, I think. <laughs> yes. Like... It, I feel like it made a more personal connection. Before, it was like a professional relationship. You have Peter Dinklage, who's just like describing these things to you and talking about things. But there isn't like a closeness to mm-hmm. it. With Nolan North, it seemed like perpetually through it, it's kind of an endearing character that you want to know more and you talk more about this. Yeah, and even in this um, mission that we're talking about where we have to steal some stealth tech to sneak on to the Dreadnought, the ghost at one point you're climbing this elevator and even the ghost starts talking about I spent years scanning the Cosmodrome looking for you and I was worried that I wasn't gonna find you and you're just like, oh, little buddy, you found me, okay? I'm here now, friend. <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> you're my best yeah. friend. They did great with that. Um, as you climb up this tower, um, you're surrounded by the ruins of an attempt to escape the Earth. Like, if you think about it, it's just like, terrifying there's people still trapped in these yeah these things you're just passing by them some of them are dead they're surrounded by fallen and you travel up there and you, i think that's when you first meet uh the echo of oryx mm-hmm. i think you it's the first time echo you of oryx on phobos oh yeah that is during the first, the first cut scene you you see a combination yeah, during the of cut the scene. echo of oryx and then like a cut scene of oryx yeah yeah but this is, like, where you first fight an Echo. Yeah. And it's a great introduction, by the way. You, you like, you're lifted up by this, like, tractor beam. And you drop down in front of a couple of, like, Fallen. And you're like, okay, we're going to fight a couple Fallen. And then a giant explosion happens and kills all of them instantly. Like, there's, like, a captain up there. Gone. Yeah. Everything gone. And then Oryx is just there. This, like, mysterious, darkened figure. A silhouette that... Is going to haunt your nightmares in the raid. Uh, For sure. Just appears in front of you and just starts attacking you and summoning Taken in. It's a great setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the first boss fight you fight them through. You win because this is video games and you're always victorious. <laughs> and always. <For> now. <laughs> always. And go to find some stealth drives and outfit the ship for your next step. 
towards the dread nougat. Can I say, though, I love... There's a line that the ghost has in this mission where he's like, man, Oryx seems to still be pretty mad at you, you know, for killing his son <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah. Can't catch a break. So, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, probably. I'm, he's probably a little mad about that. <laughs> we have that great cut scene with Amanda Holiday and Cade kind of being sassy with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, as the stealth tech gets installed on the ship. It's just a really good cutscene. Those two have a lot of really good chemistry together. We take Eris's ship outfitted with stealth tech and we try to sneak up on the dreadnought, but our stealth technology ends up failing and Eris's ship gets destroyed. Oops. <laughs> and she's still pretty salty about that regardless we managed to make it off of the ship before it's destroyed and we do like a short transmat onto Mm -hmm. the dreadnought but now we're stuck we're stuck on this dreadnought without any transmat zone and we discover something really interesting about the dreadnought we're not the only entity here that is kind of you know assailing this ship because mm-hmm. it turns out some real salty cabal crashed their ship into the dreadnought yeah. to form a beachhead. Which, which is, is awesome. So cabal. Badass. Like, yeah. That is awesome. That is badass. <laughs> we, we progress through this mission. We disable the super powered weapon and we establish our own mini beachhead. We set up a, a beacon so that we can transmat onto this whenever we need to later on. Yeah. Yo, Zavala, um, you want to know what a transmat zone yeah. on the Dreadnought looks like? <laughs> you landed a guardian without permission? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Where's your permission form? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Where's your you... signed field trip permission? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you fight off some cabal and you get out of there basically, which is nice. Yeah. And like your ship's there too. I remember your ship flying ahead of you and like dropping heavy ammo for you. And we set up the beacons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We set up our, our beachhead beacon so that we can teleport back in mm-hmm. there. We also learned something about where Oryx is. And ourselves. Yeah. Well, we always learn something about ourselves. <laughs> but <laughs> we stumble upon this gate, right? this strange hive gate that we try to pass through. Yep. Yeah. And like we a, just a can't mission. get through it. And Eris informs us that you need to be ascendant because Oryx is a god. And so he has like a fancy VIP section of the ship <laughs> that not every hive is allowed into. Only so ascendant. this begins our mission to masquerade ourselves as ascendant hive. And, like, we we also use, like, the Cabal to get this information. They're great at what they do, mm-hmm. you know? So we might as well kind of piggyback off of that. We're so we sneak friends. into that ship, steal some of that information, watch one of their commanders get taken away, which is awesome. And, yeah, that's cool mission. You learn how to get to them is you gotta become ascended. And there is a certain way to become ascended. Yeah. So before we grave robbing, yeah, before we do that, though, (laughs) we um, go see our good old friend Rasputin and uh, we got to learn how to become invisible, which I feel like was a weird thing to do because I was like, wait, 
Blade dancers can already become invisible, so why is this needed? Apparently Rasputin has the codes to let other guardians become invisible temporarily. So then while you're doing this mission, Cade himself, he says, how do you think Blade Dancers got the tech to become invisible? And you're just like, God damn it, Cade. Everything is stolen. Just steal it. <laughs> just take it. Just take it. Yeah. When you're a hunter, yeah, you just steal you, all your skills and you're like, nah, I learned it. What are you talking about? <laughs> you you <laughs> get some good. like cooler stealth tech for yourself yeah. for a later on mission. Yeah. So um, you do need to go get a chunk of, of Crota Crystal, though. Crota Soul Crystal. <laughs> So back where we banish Crota back to their sword dimension in the dark below, we had to travel back down there. We find, I believe there's an ogre there Yeah. that we need to fight off. And then when we get real close to it, gets taken and we, we grab some of that crystal and, you know, mission complete. Yeah, you see it. Yeah, it's great. It's done. You see the header, mission complete, and you're just like, oh, okay, cool. It's just uh, another regular mission, right? Oh, man. Right? Oh, man. (laughs) But then the Vanguard radio begins to fade, Uh, right? Yeah. And things crackle. So good. And mission complete pulls away from the sides. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mission complete is not complete because you get trapped down there. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to run. Yeah. This, okay, so, like, we said earlier that Phobos was the first mission where they're, like, they tell you to run, but Lost to the Light is, for me, it was the mission where they told you to run, because not only Oryx appears, and then he says, like, you will die here, and you're like, oh, okay, so I'm just gonna have to, like, fight off whatever you throw at me, come at me, man, come at me, and then, like, I don't really know, because I always run, right? Because I'm like, oh, you told me to run, I'm going to run. But I think he... he summons in that He summons in the ogre that he took, and I think he also summons in the Cabal leader? Cabal commander. Yeah, and then... Those both come in. And then, like, a whole shit ton of enemies as well. So it's, like, two big ones and enemies, and you are not high enough light levels to take on that hot mess of bad guys so then you're just you try at first you're like okay fight 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 but then after a while your ghost is even like we cannot do this you need to run and you're just like okay so you start running and for me that's just so cool that they did that it's my favorite i think it gives some perspective too to the struggles that eris more faced because yeah. that was the same thing that happened to her she got trapped down in the hell mount yeah but she did for goodness knows how long you're stuck down there for like not very long yeah it's already very stressful you need to use tomb husks to unlock doors you need to fight through these hordes of enemies your connection with the vanguard is completely cut off and it's horrifying and she did that my girl (laughs) eris morn appreciation hour my girl eris morn did that i mean like there's a big problem with a lot of this because she's very invested in this current mission. She has a very obvious vendetta about certain things. And she is very clearly more interested in the crystal getting out than you are. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually described in there. Which is where I could see a lot of the flack coming from. I'd say, as long as we're both out there, I mean, I'm, I'm holding onto the crystal. Yeah. So it's like, kind of thinking about me. There's like a theme here. And that there's a lot of really cool missions in the Taken King. Yeah. 
that are like actually fun to come back to. Yeah. And yeah. We'll, we might talk about that a little later because there's a reason to come back to this mission oh, later on. When yeah, you're before stronger. with Destiny, <laughs> it was fun, right? But it was this pattern of go in there, take your ghost out, and have it open a door for you, shoot some <laughs> things, you're done. But the Taken King introduced a couple of very unique missions that kind of broke that mold a little bit mm-hmm. and added just this little level of excitement. You get the crystal and now you need to, it's just an empty crystal. There's no essence of Crota. You need to get some essence up in there. So you go to the raid. You you don't play the raid. You just go to the levels, the setting Crota's of Crota's End, Crota's end yeah. Raid. And that was also something that was new as well, where it was like, oh, wait, I get to go to a raid area without having, which was great for people who hadn't played the raid. It's a good moment because uh, it lets you see the entirety of this Mm -hmm. raid, kind of. You start from the abyss and you move into the actual final resting place of Crota. Whereas in Skolas' case, Skolas only made it to like the inside of the Vault of Glass. Um, they make it only to like the first area, the first boss, which isn't very deep. Yeah. So while you're there, they also implement like kind of a new mechanic where instead of you run and shoot your way through it, you use that sneak, stealth tech sneak. that you stole and your ghost goes, <laughs> I can't see you. Can you see me? It was really cute. <laughs> cute. I love the ghost. So then you go invisible and like you have to sneak. It's a stealth mission. You have to sneak your way through the raid. You crash in on Crota's <laughs> funeral. You crash Crota's Not a funeral. funeral. A death ceremony. Yeah. So yeah, a funeral. No. Yes. <laughs> a funeral. You crash his death ceremony and you yeah. soak up. You're still invisible and you soak up the essence. And then your invisibility kind of runs out. It glitches out. It runs out and everyone can see you. And you're just like, oh, was I not supposed to be here? I'll just show my way out. Oh, I can't get out. All right. Time to like survive. And this is another situation where you feel trapped. You feel like, oh, God, oh, God, am I going to get out of here? And like at the end of the day, of course, you're going to get out of there. But you have that feeling of, how am I going to get out of here? How is this going to play out? Because you're once again swarmed by Hive and Taken, and you hear Eris and Cade fighting, and that just adds to the tension. It's kind of like mom and dad are fighting, and I'm fighting Taken right now. So it's like, can you guys get along for three seconds and help me get out of here? So... They're just like bickering and you're fighting. And then finally, at some point, Eris does the coolest thing and just chants with her awesome, mighty power that she gained when she was stuck on the moon. And she like uses magic. She uses crazy hive magic to pull you out. And you're just like, I'm alive. I'm alive. Yeah. A lot of people were mad in previous missions because Eris just didn't seem particularly interested in your life but mm-hmm. in this section she's like i will not lose another guardian we got that crystal now mm-hmm. with some crota soul some some essence of crota we can make some nice cookies with that yeah or we could also get into the, the throne dimension <laughs> to where uh oryx is 
So we use it to travel through a couple portals. It's time for Regicide. It's time for time. a really cool mission. Should be a strike. It's but the mission. so long. <laughs> you travel into the depths of the, the Dread Nougat, which I will remain calling it because I love that. <laughs> you travel through the Ascendant Portal. You're in an area where no one can contact you. You travel even deeper. You find an area where an ogre and the primus are there to fight you the taken ones they both fight you you beat them both because you're awesome yeah also like real quick echo of oryx appears and he goes you are not worthy and you're just like okay let me just show you how worthy i am right now ghost is sassy and he's like i guess we're worthy now you you travel through the portal in that area so many portals mm-hmm. crazy um travel even deeper into a very cool, very cinematic area. Um, I don't know if I should be the one to describe this. It's the coolest introduction to a boss, in my opinion, so far. Although, well, that's in the raid. Anyways, your entire screen is black. Like, you look forward and it's just dark. And then you see this little bursts of light shoot out in front of you and then it goes up a wall so you're like okay there's a door and then the door opens and what you see is just this reddish black and it bleeds into the silhouette of oryx and you're like oh shit that is the coolest oryx knows how to make an entrance okay he was just waiting he's like watch this guys yeah he's like this is gonna be so cool guys this is gonna be so cool (laughs) And he does it, and it really was really cool. And, like, honestly, if Regicide wasn't such a long mission, I would just replay that part over and over and over again so I can see the cool bleed effect. Look it up. It's Regicide. It's awesome. (laughs) You also learn about some interesting characters before you enter that room. Mm -hmm. Because there are some hive statues. And one of them is Crota. And one of them is Oryx. And then there's this character we have not heard of yet. <sighs> Nocris. But, you know, there's a lot of theories about Nocris and who they might be. I mean, my vote is that Nocris is the brood mother for Crota. Can you imagine yeah, fighting a giant wizard? Oh my god. We go in there and we, we fight Oryx and they're spooky spooky place and oh yeah they also introduce us to the shadow the shadow, the shadow realm. realm yeah the shadow realm that's not what that's really called but it's, it's not what it's called turns out he cares. watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh in his spare time <laughs> uh but you defeat him in his spooky shadow realm and then you break that thing and then what happens because <laughs> it's awesome it's more awesome stuff and then Oryx does this thing where, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but he takes himself? He summons that weird blight energy and just plunges it into his chest and then he disappears into his throne world, right? And then what's mm-hmm. just what's left is just a shard. Yeah, he, like, he drops his blade and then... Oh, okay, it was part of his blade. Yeah, you, there we go. Yeah, you break into it. And then Eris appears. 
Kelly, take it away. Eris is here. <laughs> hey, what's up? It's me, Kelly, your local Eris Mart enthusiast, here with another sweet cutscene featuring my wife, Eris <laughs> Morn. Anyway, after this mission is done and your guardian leaves, Eris Morn appears and she is speaking in the background while she's doing her actions she's talking about her queen mm-hmm. who you know we know is the, the queen of the reef marasov rest in peace maybe question maybe. mark <laughs> eris talks about how this mission isn't done and how she won't fail her no matter what and while this dialogue is going on, we can hear Eris, or I'm sorry, we see Eris kind of touch Oryx's sword and it crumbles. And this dark hilt kind of falls out, and Eris uses her brain or whatever to levitate it towards her because <laughs> she's really cool. She uses cool. her cool hive magic. This is something she ends up gifting to you later. Yeah. And this is where we learn how to forge our own swords, which I think it was My Name is Bife that had the great theory that the sword missions, which were really long and tedious, were <laughs> basically us kind of purifying the darkness within mm-hmm. these blades. Yeah, that's what I agree with, too. Yeah, I agree with that as well. We spend this time with this blade and we kind of take out all of that dark sword logic energy that is held within it to forge our own exotic swords. Uh, exotic and legendary. And legendary, legendary first, sword. Mm-hmm. Then you get some exotic ones, which is the most painful process. Probably the worst part, in my opinion, of the Taken King it's is forging your exotic blades. Grinding fest forever. It's um, just all grind. And it's and like the worst cry. kind of grinding because you're not even shooting. You're just like Collecting running around. things. These- yeah, it started off as hadium flakes. Yeah. Like, you need hadium flakes from the dread nougat, which are only found in chests. 50 of them. Um, yeah. 50. You need to get all of those. And that's just to make your legendary one. Yeah. Um, after you get a legendary one, you level it up to a point. You get this last node, which makes your legendary sword super cool. And then you also get this quest to further craft a stronger blade. Yeah. And this is where things go bad because there's like a section where you need to get sword kills in the crucible oh. which was a big pain although, although thankfully it allowed hilts although the destiny community can sometimes <laughs> be the worst but sometimes be the absolute best so the only way to upgrade your sword even further was to get crucible kills and so the easiest way to do that was go into a rumble match with your fire team and then really quickly message every this is at least how we did it we really quickly (laughs) messaged everyone in that rumble match and we were like swords only swords only and then like we would just run around with hilts because yeah Yeah. with the hilts because it it counted yeah, because it's a heavy weapon, so the only way to get the blade part was to have heavy ammo. But because we didn't have heavy ammo, we just ran around with, like, little stumpy hilts, and we would just, like, <laughs> kill each other with hilts, and it was awesome. And every now and then, there was that one person that wanted no part of it, but yeah. we would just be... And ha- we would all gang up on that. Yeah, and yeah. it was just a <laughs> lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a great moment. Lots of fun. When that happened, but... On paper, 
that wouldn't have happened. And this was the worst thing because you had to get like a bunch of kills with yeah. it. And then after that, you needed to like farm materials. You need to find like a, these super rare materials that are only in like one in every 10 spin foil things or one in every he- uh, helium filament. Oh. And this like harkens back to like the worst time back in Vanilla Destiny in which you had to farm materials. You needed to do this thing where you. You know, in a lot of MMOs where you'd find these resource nodes, like these iron ore deposits, and you'd mine them, yeah. you would do that, but multiply that by, like, 50 billion in, like, one moment. Because each gun took 30 materials, and you got, like, one to two per things, and it takes forever, and they despawn when you hit them. Yeah. And they'll despawn if someone else takes them for too long, and it was it was the worst. It's just really... Because it took so yeah, long. Yeah, and it's really <laughs> weird that they would do that, because... All throughout Year One Destiny, Bungie's philosophy was we don't want people to grind, right? And then suddenly the mm-hmm. sword quest comes out and you're like, this is the definition of grinding. So yeah. what happened? I don't know. So it was it was very tedious. Probably the worst part of the Taken King. But thankfully you get some sick swords from it. Uh, you get Ray's Lighter. My favorite. What else were there? Dark Drinker. Dark <laughs> Drinker. Doesn't matter. Ray's Lighter was the best one. <laughs> Ray's Lighter was pretty awesome. All of them. Really cool weapons. Super useful later on. Mm-hmm. I love those things. I had them equipped like all the time. Yeah. But in addition to that, you get a whole new stuff. Like, you're like, oh, the story's over. And then Bungie was like, psych! Here's a ton of tons. missions and tons of quests. Tons of missions! tons and you're like oh i have to do more yay (laughs) yeah it was it was just the beginning um yeah lots of missions and i kind of liked and also loathe these series of quests that are approached by like every vanguard one for mars one for the moon one for think venus as well Mm -hmm. Maybe even the Cosmodrome. There's also one from Petrovenge. The whole game basically just like opens up to you. Yeah. You can take missions on the Dread Nougat to make it a patrol area that you can then go on and explore and look around and see these places and conquer it yourself. You got the Court of Oryx. I oh gosh, we didn't. They added artifacts in this one, um, yes. and that's where you got them. You and these artifacts, like, sorry, we're going on more tangents here, but the artifacts were like also really cool because they gave more information about past worlds that Oryx has conquered, things that they have taken. You you learn more about Kelkis, the Kel of Stones, I believe, who you realize was one of the things that Oryx conquered. They destroyed the Kel of Stones. Stuff like that. Oh man, this must um, have been like during a point where I didn't really care about the lore. Say it ain't so, yeah. <laughs> because I do not remember this. But go on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like really cool. You find like the their broken crown and stuff like that. You also find Dredgenor's rose, which is pretty cool. Oh, um, I know what you're talking about now. Okay, yeah, the, the traitors die, all that stuff. You find yep. these artifacts, um, and admittedly, they didn't really provide much, like in the way of tangible differences it was more of a you get you you can make an orb on occasion if you do certain things yeah but uh it was still really cool because they fleshed out the world and they're like oh we're finding these things you're finding this broken crown yeah. from an ancient kel that was conquered and destroyed and that was really cool that was a really cool moment they 
percolated that system through a lot of the other stuff too. So you'll find things like Kabir's missing timepiece, and you'll find things like a ceremonial blade for Osiris and stuff like that. The artifact system was really kind of a neat thing to start, and it got better later on. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, so you used that, and you got stronger, and you could fight his bosses on command. But I think what most people did after this mission was that they went straight on to the raid. Oh, that's when it became available. It's they raid time. Into that. You gotta yeah. go kill Oryx again, but this time <laughs> really kill him. Well, you know, it's like Crota. Yeah. We killed his crystal, but then we have to go into his dimension, his personal yeah. little world. cool ascendant world yeah. to mm-hmm. kill his non-physical form. Right. His ascendant yeah. form. And how would you guys rate this raid? Because I loved it. Like, I Fault of Glass was a special place in my heart, but King's Fall was fantastic in my opinion. There's a lot of cool things in their uh, exploration. It was long, unfortunately. Yeah. Probably the only problem with it. I think it that's is that the, the biggest thing about it is not a lot of people are like, oh yeah, King's Fall, like, let's go yeah. because it is a it, big time investment. Yeah, it feels like something you really gotta schedule. It's like setting up a business meeting. You're just like, oh god, <laughs> it's time for King's Fall, let's go. Like, it's It long. was very hard to do it in and it was hard to do it in one go. But thankfully, yeah. you got checkpoints. You can come mm-hmm. back at it later. Yeah, um, I love the bosses, though. And I... Yeah. So good. Uh, I felt like it was a really awesome blend of the two raids that we'd experienced. Where, yeah. you know, Vault of Glass has a lot of really great puzzles to solve. And like we discussed, Crota's End was a little shorter and had some interesting puzzles, but was a lot more kinetic. Yeah. So it was like yeah. a really good combination of both. And it was this really unique raid where you were just going deeper and deeper into the Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. Um, and also making your friends who haven't played the raid walk in front of that one <laughs> pillar that launches them to their death. So, oh God. Uh, there's that section where you're in the middle of like space and you're jumping. Okay. Um, Tomb ship to tomb ship, which isn't great. Screw the tomb ship puzzle. (laughs) Screw the tomb ship puzzle. There was that one (laughs) ship where if you were a hunter, you were just that one ship. God. It it was just it's just a little too high that you actually almost certainly had to change your jump to fit it or change your agility because it was (gasps) just barely I... like it was so close and it wasn't like immediate too it it, it was way through it that it happened it was, it was worse it was like the awful. second part of the puzzle and you're like i'm almost there just kidding there's this one ship i think the only way i could do it for the first couple of times was that i had to get the bones of yo and like yeah. get that triple jump in order to jump up there but oh my god that's what i did the worst i there was a lot of platforming in that raid personally as a person who likes jumping and going really fast and maneuverability i really enjoyed that because there wasn't as much in crow's end it was very flat the whole way through you can jump around and make things faster but you could get through that that entire raid by without jumping practically yeah as a high armor low agility warlock (laughs) 
Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the, <laughs> the jumping puzzles were not so kind to me. But I I really enjoy the raid because it's and like unfortunately it is long, but it does kind of fit because there's this like this thing where it teaches you the mechanics yeah. as you go through. You learn about these auras which empower you to do damage to the war priest, for instance. Um, and they're powered by death. So you have to, if you're the one who holds the, the aura, you need to kill things. Whereas people who are surrounded by your aura are able to do damage. Um, you you progress further down. Um, you travel deeper into it through Golgoroth's... Uh, G-Man. Was it Cellar? Yeah, it was his, yeah, yeah, his, Golgoroth's Cellar. The G-Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it's worth noting that in the cellar, like a lot of people would run past it, but people discovered that there's a certain pattern. Like, oh yeah! Another cool thing about King's Fall is that there's secrets. There's secrets to find. Yeah. People love that in Fault of Glass. Um, yeah. Where's the sixth chest? Yeah. It's in our hearts. I mean, <laughs> we we might be able to talk about that later because I'm remembering a certain mission that shows up later on oh, yeah. that we that I completely yeah, yeah. forgot. But we travel deeper, we fight Golgoth, a light-deprived ogre or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't remember exactly. It was, he's just a dude that hasn't seen the sun in a very long time. Poor guy. Yeah, they looked great. <laughs> they looked great. They got that weird glowing spot. You know, the sun's in their heart. Oh. Um, <laughs> they look great. <laughs> we fight with Golgoth, and then we find the fun piston section. <laughs> which, you always uh, gotta get your friends in there. Which might piss people off, but is so funny. I like that one. Trick. It, yeah. It's so funny, though, because you can trick people with that first one, which seems like it's just made for the pranks. Just it's, just go to the light. Hey, yeah. you see that light? <laughs> just go. Just go. Just go right there. Go to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, and the joke, for those who are not in the know, <laughs> and we'll, we'll let you in on this, so if you ever play this, we won't. Well, you might not remember this, but hopefully you do. If you run to the light and you just stand there for like one second, you will very quickly become acquainted to the opposite wall. Because <laughs> a piston is going to slam you into the wall and then you're just going to die on impact. Yep. Or even worse, you'll live and then you'll fall down into the pit and die. And it's so funny. I love I love that moment. Mm-hmm. You travel deeper through this section um, and you encounter the final arena where you first fight Crota. You fight no. Crota's sisters, yeah. Oryx's daughters. I don't remember. Like, it was Ear Anuk and what was the other one? Ear I don't remember Lock. the name. Ira, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. This sounds hive-ish. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're right. I don't remember what it is, though. You fight two pyramid head figures, wizards who are trying to constantly kill you. The Death Singers. True to their name. Oh, Ear U is the other one. The one back in Crota's end. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is where you learn about the, the aura of immortality situations where like, if you stand in these auras, you remain immortal and you use that to fend off their death scene ability, which is trying to kill you at every instant. Um, and you also learn more mechanics about this final arena, like standing on platforms to summon these spectral platforms to gather these light relics. Which Maria got very acquainted to because she was basically our. I was the relic runner, runner and it was just like you grab it and you jump, 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 jump. I was okay with doing it. I was, I was happy, but it's very 
there's a lot of pressure because if you miss a platform, it's a wipe. It's yeah. an instant wipe if you miss a platform. So like I would You're do so it. Good at it though. Yeah, I would do it and I got used to it. But every single time I played it, no matter how many times I played it, my hands, my body would be shaking because I'd be like, don't mm-hmm. mess this up. Don't mess this up. Especially towards the very final stages of the raid. You just need to do mm-hmm. it one more time to kill Oryx. And I would be shaking. I'd be like, do not fuck this up. Do not fuck this up. Do not mess this up. So it's <laughs> nerve wracking. Yeah. And then I would just feel exhausted after the raid. <laughs> the Oryx section of the raid is lit. Yeah. Yes. Everything happens. It has my favorite soundtrack. I don't want to spoil the boss fight itself, but it is a really cool boss fight and it's one of those ones that i think if you can go in unspoiled at least for like the introduction of it because it's awesome yeah the coolest so cool i remember uh kelly you you knew about it beforehand but none of us knew about it i accidentally saw it yeah and (laughs) tumblr.com you lived vicariously through us because i had no idea what to expect it was and, so good. Your reactions yeah. were all so good. Yeah. It was it's such a difficult fight, but I'm sure people are much better at it now and they're like it's not that hard, but it was especially at the start. It didn't I don't know. I never felt like it was unfair except for glitches, which unfortunately did happen yeah. at the start of it. Like that was when they needed to kind of iron those kinks out, but they did that I remember that being relatively quickly like they fixed a number of the problems that were really plaguing that system but i don't know it, it was such so good a major thing that they fixed was whenever you killed oryx's daughters <laughs> it was just <laughs> sorry i forgot about this uh, no it's all right it's all of us would be wearing headphones like i think most of us have the sony gold headset Right? And we'd have it turned up because we're like, the soundtrack is bombing. It's so good. And then, like, you would kill one of the sisters and it would just be deafening. So <laughs> loud. Scream. They did it twice, too. There's two of them. Yeah, there's two of them. So you're just like, hang on, guys, get ready. Ready your ears because they might start bleeding. It was, so- it- I'm not kidding you. It was so, so it loud. Was- and it was loud. It was because at one point Bungie was like, yeah, we nerfed the scream. So they're not so loud anymore. It was bad. Too much. I think they nerfed it too much. It got too quiet. They, yeah. We needed a little in between. I think it's because we missed yeah. it. We were <laughs> like, oh, it's not loud anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was, but that raid was really good because it was a really good example of building up on mechanics. Every single raid has had that thing where it builds upon, but you really felt it in King's Fall raid. In order to understand this last part, you really had to play through the raid. Mm-hmm. There's so. a lot to explain, but it felt great to finish. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, no spoilers, but like Oryx's death. <laughs> is by far one of the most satisfying it's very satisfying raid oh. kills ever yeah look it up and you will understand oh so it's good. very good and the first time we saw it it was just a sigh of relief god. after playing this raid for so long <sighs> and we were just like oh my god we did it such a good thank you yeah such a good end to the taken king but unfortunately because bungie's 
are a bunch of maniacs. They had hard mode to come, which increased things harder. And then they had challenge modes, which came in later. Yeah, that was the first. Which ramped things up. What else was there? They they had calcified fragments. And like these things introduce bits of lore. They introduced the Books of Sorrow, which I'm not the best to speak of because there's so much of it. And it's so dense. And I love all of it that I would spend too much time talking about lots of stuff. Without books me being of, able to like cite things yeah, specifically. The Books of Sorrow is Bungie's masterpiece of lore. It is yeah. really, really good stuff. Even if you don't know Destiny, read the Books of Sorrow. It is just so rich and so good. So good. It has a really awesome style of writing where it feels almost biblical yeah. in nature. As it talks about the transformation of this small, teeny tiny baby hive into (laughs) this powerful king. And you learn about um, Oryx's experience with the Fallen and the Vex. And you learn about his sisters. Just all of these incredible characters that feel really thorough in the writing. It's super good. Highly recommend looking through it. If you're playing the game and you haven't gotten them all, try to find a group to go challenge mode or even just look it up online because hey, they're so good. you know what's a great place? IshtarCollective.net. Yep, yeah. net. <laughs> they have yeah. all of them there. Go read them. I highly recommend it because it goes into the history of the Hive, which I hated the Hive before the Taken King. I thought they were boring they're just like zombies yeah this really fleshes out who they are as a race and what's important to them their their main tenets and leads up to the confrontation with you practically but there's more than one reason to collect these things back in then um because collecting more of them gave you access to another quest line and this is a this is like a a trend throughout a lot of Taken King as well is that it introduced a lot of hidden quests, things that you could find, or even exotics that aren't even like you. You could find them if you accomplished certain deeds. But the first one that comes to mind is Touch of Malice, which uses Oryx's dark heart to power malice. It shoots death basically yeah. at you, and it sucks away your life. And it's so good. Harris Morn made it just for you. Yeah. Yeah. Eris more improves that she can make guns too, which is like, what can't she do? <laughs> She's the probably best. fly since she doesn't have a ship anymore Ooh. at the moment. But she can teleport though. So I mean, like, yeah, whatever. that's the thing. She can. She probably doesn't need, need a ship. Yeah, uh, who needs a ship when you can just teleport <laughs> wherever the heck you want? You would gather these calcified fragments, which came with these bits of uh, lore, these books of sorrow. It, it added so much more to it and really forced you. In a good way, it encouraged you, I guess is the word for it, to gather these things, to eat up that lore, and then it rewards you at the end of this, of doing the raid again and harvesting components from the bosses themselves in this weapon, which now makes the end of the raid far easier because its life-draining ability doesn't 
really come into effect in these auras of invincibility, which was yeah. so cool. It wasn't the only one. You got other you got other exotic quests from it. So the swords were an example. Touch of Malice was an example. At some point during the Taken King's run, that Lost to the Light mission, someone discovered that you could go through a door near the end like you had to like speed run the mission and then you could go through a door at the end of the mission and it would unlock the black spindle mission (laughs) which super hard at least for me it was just a super hard mission to get so that was cool that they did that though it was like a little bonus content during the year yes people secret too Mm -hmm. there was a lot of hidden gun quests that the community found out about and then it would flood reddit and then we would be like oh we gotta get on destiny right now and get this gun so that was great that was the fun thing about taken king they also had other things throughout the year so then one october (laughs) some people got on destiny and they were like what is happening? And the tower was celebrating Halloween, aka Festival of the Lost. And the uh, Taken King was the first year that they introduced these festivals. So Festival of the Lost was the Halloween event. And then the Dawning was the next year, I believe. And that was the yeah. Christmas event. And it was just like a little thing. You got to learn a little bit more about the city, about its traditions, about something that the Guardians used to remember fallen ones and honor fallen ones. One summer, they also introduced SRL or Sparrow Racing League. I think that was December. Was it? I think they they had it as the entirety of December. Oh, okay. But it was awesome because everyone wanted to race their sparrows and then we got racing sparrows and they were cool looking i wanted to uh and then they also had a valentine's day event crimson days and like for some reason i've heard that not a lot of people liked it it but i I really liked it. it yeah it was really cute it was like do you want to be my valentine and go kill some guardians with me in the crucible it was really cute it was a 2v2 crucible event and it was great yeah i i liked it and then in order to keep content fresh at some point during year two they had a april update and it was just they introduced a couple more strikes they added more dialogue in some areas and they even redid some of the current strikes to make them a little bit more fresh so that we would have content to play. So that's what I liked about Taken King. It introduced like we're we're giving you small bursts of content so that you keep playing this game. My what I really liked about the Taken King um, as opposed to these past expansions that we had was that the past expansions were very discreet moments. Once they hit you, they didn't change. They mm-hmm. were stagnant the whole way through. Crota was always going to be Crota. That was the whole thing. That, that's all you got. Skolas was just Skolas. That's all you got. But once they hit with the April update, which a lot of people pen the Taken Spring, uh, which I think is really funny, they proved that they had these moments in these uh, other festivals as well. They had these moments where the world still had things to offer that was besides the release date. They changed the infusion system. Yeah. They added more things to the Prison of Elders. They added Chroma, which was, like, it's a silly thing to say right now, but, like, 
Chroma really kind of turned into something later on in Rise of Iron. And it also finished a lot of problems, a lot of like quest lines and things that we didn't address before. For instance, there's the, I think there's a Pandora or the Paradox, the Paradox mission. You travel into the Vault of Glass and you you find out that the Taken have dug deep into this thing and you can, on a side thing, at a different difficulty, you can learn more about a certain fallen hunter, Praetith, who is like half written away from time and you learn about their fate. And yeah. as you progress deeper, you can actually find a secret boss after the boss in the mission. And then that leads to a whole separate quest line, mm-hmm. which kind of doesn't, I won't say it answers it because I'm not 100% satisfied with it, but it does propose a, a resolution to the, the stranger, the exo stranger from vanilla game. Like it, it does these things where it actually starts ending yeah. these storylines. Whereas vanilla was all about opening, Taken King had actually a number of closings while also presenting a whole separate new slew of things like it closed the book and then showed you hey here's here's sabathin here's oryx's sister who might be coming here like it it felt large but it didn't feel that it was complete even and that's not necessarily a bad thing it changed as things went on and that makes things more interesting this was where destiny was turning and it was a very good direction to turn and they've kept up with this model that they showed us in taken king and it's just it's been great since then it showed it showed that bungie was listening to a lot of the concerns that people who had played through year one that their their call for change was answered it made me more confident in the entirety of destiny itself is basically what it did it's probably the reason why I still play today. Yeah. So that wraps it up. A huge thank you for listening. For real. Thank you. From the deepest, bottom, most part of our hearts. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Hangar Lounge. Please, you know, talk to us. Throw us a tweet. Throw us a direct message. Let us know what you think. It'd be cool to get some interaction going on. Also, please rate us on iTunes. If you did listen to us through iTunes, rate us on iTunes. Leave a comment. That really helps us know where we're at and how can we re-improve. Or if you like something, mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah. yeah, don't be afraid to message us on Twitter, too. I, mean, yeah. I can't stress it enough. And if, you know, you like the way we address the gameplay or the lore... Send us a suggestion for something you want to hear. Yeah. And we'll take that to heart. We love this game. And we like you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Hey, thanks so much.